Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. Want to give a special shout out to India because you guys are the number one country listening to Dating in the Bay. I'm so excited. Uh, I've never been to India, but I really would love to go. So if you guys want to reach out to me, I would love to kind of hear more about you guys. So I'm going to kick this episode off a little bit differently. There's a couple of things I want to talk about, but our big theme of today is perfectionism. And the reason that I'm starting it differently is because I have a few different stories I want to share. But first, my guest, she talks about how we can imperfectly thrive and how she talks about a simple formula where to change your life, you first need to discover your limiting beliefs, you need to align them with your values, and then you need to add daily imperfect actions. And that's how you can create a thriving life. So I'm going to give you a couple stories that are very relevant and timely. I guess relevant means timely. So I went on a walk this morning because I was trying to figure out what to do with this episode because I love everything that Catherine said in the episode, and I did not love how I sounded in this episode. Uh, This was actually one of the first episodes that I ever recorded. It was really rusty, kind of unsure of myself, nervous, and really, I think my nerves got the best of me. And I also, at the same time, after having said all that, I am a perfectionist, and I didn't even realize that I am. And we talk about that in this episode as well but how I was really not even going to publish this episode as of a couple hours ago because it was paralyzing me that people would judge me so harshly that like, in my head, it was that was worth surrendering of this episode, which as Catherine says at some point in this episode, she's like, get over yourself. And I really told myself this morning, Rebecca, get over yourself because she has a lot to share. We have a really valuable conversation. And if I really want to align with my values, which is I want to share important things in this podcast, then I'm going to participate in a daily imperfect action of sharing something where I feel a little bit nervous because it wasn't the way that I wanted to sound. But I also know that I'm growing, I'm improving every episode. I feel like I am getting better. And this was one of the first episodes that I did. So uh, hopefully everybody will cut me a little slack. And if not, Uh, Here I am either way. So that's part of her recipe or like formula for a thriving life. So I discovered my limiting self-belief and then I'm aligning with my values that I still care about this podcast and sharing important content and overcoming my own, like getting progress over perfectionism is something I'm working on on my own. And that looks like right now participating in a daily imperfect action of actually publishing this, having like being uncomfortable with the fact that yeah, do I sound as good as I would like have to have sounded? No, but that's okay. So we'll do better next time. And that's one step forward to having a thriving life. And just another little, not confession, but I guess a confession about my perfectionism is that on my walk this morning where I was trying to figure out what to do with this episode, I popped into Walgreens, I had to get something, and then I was like, oh, you know, I need a I need a lip gloss. So I just picked a random one off the shelf and I was putting it on as I was walking and then my lips started tingling, like a crazy tingle where I was like, what in the world is this lip gloss? So I Google it as I'm walking. I don't really even know what, I forget what it actually said, but it was basically like a lip plumping serum or something where it like stings your lips to like, inflate them or something and 
it reminded me because a couple of two, I guess two years ago, I got some lip filler in my lips and it reminded me that tingling reminded me of after you get it, uh, the lip filler in. And then in the lens of this whole perfectionism context of, you know, this whole morning, I've just been thinking about perfectionism, trying to figure out this episode and everything. I realized that the reason that I got lip filler two years ago was because I was seeking perfection. As you'll hear Catherine talk about, there is no perfection. You can never achieve perfection. It's something that you're always chasing and it's never, you're never getting there. And I realized, wow, that's so interesting. For me, I'm never going to get lip filler again. That's not to judge anybody else who gets it, but I'm not gonna keep chasing that perfection and I don't wanna keep finding things wrong with me and try to always fix them. But don't come at me about my Botox because I love my Botox. And actually both of these, the lip filler and Botox, like up until Sarah and I recorded our first episode a while back, I never told anybody that I was getting Botox because I just did it for myself. It made me feel good, but I didn't ever like tell anybody about it. So Botox, here to stay. But the lip filler, I think, was uh, achieving something different that, or it was, I was seeking something different from it which I don't like now that I reflect on it. Anyways, that's only to say that perfectionism has been like seeped into me, but I did never really recognize it as perfectionism. I never have viewed myself as a perfectionist. I think of myself as kind of sometimes lazy, big procrastinator and just an avoidant person <laughs> most of the time and then anxious about my avoidance and then usually just like beating myself up about it. But it turns out that procrastination is a form of perfectionism, which she talks about as well. Catherine is a former attorney turned licensed counselor and a recovering perfectionist. Through her Imperfect Thriving podcast, coaching, and courses, Catherine helps women let go of perfection and their limiting beliefs, helps them discover what they want the next part of their lives to look like, and implement daily imperfect actions that will help get them there. Catherine's writings have been featured in Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global and Authority Magazine. I would love to first kind of kick this off with, if you could share your journey. I know that you are like a quote unquote recovering perfectionist. So I would love to kind of hear how that journey went for you. It wasn't something I realized until I'm 51 now, and it wasn't something I really realized until a couple of years ago. I was an attorney. I decided in sixth grade I was going to be an attorney. I put my head down and I never looked up. And it wasn't until I went back to school in my mid 40s to obtain my master's in clinical mental health so that I could become a licensed counselor that I realized how much anxiety I had. And actually, it wasn't until later on in the process that I realized that the anxiety was fueled by my perfectionism. And the more I kept digging, the more I realized how crippling it was and how it affected me in all aspects of my life, in my relationships with my children, in my relationships with my husband, in my relationships at work. And so I just really started digging into it more and more. And I saw that so many of my clients were actually affected by it. They were coming in for anxiety and coming in for depression, but at the root of it was perfectionism. Interesting. And I know I did your progress over perfection program on your podcast, which I really liked. Oh, yeah. Can you like first walk us through the different types of perfectionism? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there are three kinds. You can be one kind, you could be a mixture, you could be two, you could be three. And 30% of the population are perfectionists and 80% of the gifted population are perfectionists. So when you combine those two, at least one out of three of us is a perfectionist. They're self-oriented in which you're highly critical of yourself and you hold yourself to unattainable standards. There's other oriented where you're highly critical of others and expect them to be perfect. And then there's socially prescribed when you think others expect you to be perfect. So then you put pressure on yourself to live up to that imagined expectation of others. Yeah, that hits home, especially, um, I forget which one I guess this falls into, but when you were talking about how people who procrastinate a lot, like that's like a form of perfectionism. Yes. That is self-oriented. So the reason, and, and, and so many people think that they are lazy and that it's laziness causing them to procrastinate. It is not laziness. It is perfectionism. And the reason we procrastinate when we're perfectionists is that we're holding ourselves to a standard that we know we can't reach, but we're still holding ourselves to that standard. And we're so afraid of failure, we're so afraid of not reaching that standard that we don't want to try, we don't want to start. And that's what causes the procrastination. Oh, that hits home for a lot of things. And especially, I mean, in terms of relationships and dating, I think a lot of people are kind of scared to even jump in the dating pool because they're afraid of getting rejected. And so how does that show up kind of in your have you seen in your clients? Oh my gosh. I've seen all three forms show up in one particular person and I've seen them across the board where a client might just have one of them. And it really affects us in our relationships more than anywhere else. So it sort of depends on the type, how it affects the relationship. For instance, if you're self-oriented, you're highly critical of yourself and you feel like a failure, you're going to have low self-esteem. So when you have low self-esteem, you're not focused on what you want in the other person you're dating, right? You're not thinking about who is this person that I want to date? What values do I want them to have? Or what do I want them to look like? What do I want them to act like? You're more focused on with your low self-esteem, somebody please pick me. So you'll go out with anyone And when you go out with that person, you will go along with anything that he or she wants to do because you just want to be accepted and chosen. So you're not going to be your authentic self. You're not going to set boundaries to protect yourself. And when you don't set boundaries to protect yourself, people tend to walk all over you. So those are just some of the things that self-prescribed perfectionists do in relationships. Interesting. And then how about for the other people one? Like, what does that look like in terms of dating and relationships? So if you're other oriented, you're going to hold the other person in the relationship to unattainable perfectionistic standards. So no one will ever be good enough. So good luck even trying to get into a relationship, especially if you're using a dating app, you're going to be swiping your finger until you're your skin rubs all because it's not going to be good enough, right? Each person is not going to be good enough. If you do go out on a date, 
the first flaw or mistake is going to turn you in the other direction and make you not want to go on another date. And then you're often going to be hostile, dominant, and always disappointed because no one else is going to ever be able to live up to the standards that you are setting for them. So let's say we identify either one of these, multiple of these, and then do those kind of fit into the umbrella of the limiting beliefs? Yes. So if you're a perfectionist and say you are self-oriented, you are going to be limiting yourself constantly. For instance, I'll give you an example of my own perfectionism. Okay. When I was growing up, and it happens when we're young, it happens through certain types of parenting, it happens through certain experiences and you holding tightly what someone says about you or an experience that you have. And I had a conversation with my father once, and I'm sure that this is not the only reason, but it very much stands out in in my head as something that I clung to, where he said, you're the smart, nerdy one, the quiet, smart, nerdy one like me, and your sister is the outgoing one with all the personality that everybody likes. I grabbed a hold of that label, the smart one. And I also grabbed a hold of what I wasn't. I wasn't the outgoing one. I wasn't the one with all the personality. I wasn't the one that everyone liked. So I became very limited in my beliefs and in my behavior. That was the lens through which I saw my life. So let's apply that. How did that steer my perfectionism? When it came to school and anything academics, I drove myself into the ground because that was the part that I identified with and I did not want to fail in that particular area because that was who I was. When it came to social situations and friends and being up in front of people, I completely thought that I wasn't good enough, so I didn't try. So my beliefs about myself limited me in every direction. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So once we do identify these limiting beliefs, what are the next steps that someone can take to start? Because I feel like a lot of times they might manifest in different ways where, like in my example of procrastination, I know you mentioned during one of your podcasts about like being 80% ready, but what are kind of some tips and tools that when you are identifying these patterns that might not be so obvious Yeah, absolutely. So the first part of it is really noticing how you talk to yourself. Start to notice if you are critical of yourself, if you berate yourself, if you say things to yourself like, well, you're not good enough or I'm not ready. With the procrastination part, it's always, well, I'm not ready. I need to do one more thing before I can do this or I need to learn something else before I can do that. The first part is just recognizing that you're having the thoughts. If you can start to recognize when you have the thoughts, you can start to be mindful and let go of them before you get tangled up in them and get down in that rabbit hole, which creates really, it paralyzes you and creates an inability to move forward. So the first part of it is just is recognizing 
that you are having those thoughts, recognizing how you are talking to yourself. And I do a lot of self-acceptance work with clients when it comes to that, to sort of remove them from the tightly held belief that I need to be perfect to be loved. I need to be perfect to be accepted. You have to accept yourself first as a flawed, imperfect human being before you can feel good about yourself and go out into relationships and not expect perfection. So it really starts with inner work. You have to look in, notice what you say to yourself, notice the behavior that that creates, and begin to work on self-acceptance. It's so interesting because, yeah, the more I think about it, and I assume my listeners will probably be able to relate to what you just said as well. We get so good at putting walls up. And then when you actually do get into the relationship part, you have to start taking down all those walls that were already previously constructed to protect ourselves. Yes, absolutely. It really, really shows up when we try to enter a relationship with someone else. We're used to it going on in our head when we're alone. Mm-hmm. And we don't even realize exactly how it's affecting us until we really start to interact with other people. Do you have any examples you can share of clients that you've had, especially in terms of dating and relationships, like where they had an issue and then how they overcame it? Yeah. Okay. So I have one from just this week, a client male in his late 20s who has everything going for him, but does not ask women out on dates, just doesn't, wants to be married, wants to have children. That's one of the big things that he wants, but he's never asked a woman out on a date. He just sort of happens into them through being in groups and through hanging out. He's been in relationships before, but he's never asked a woman out on a date because he keeps telling himself that he needs to fix himself first. I need to get myself together. I need to be completely fixed before I present myself out in the dating world with another person. So this week, he's going to be asking someone out or at least going through the steps of what it takes to ask someone out so that he can see that he can do it. Progress over perfection. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess before we kind of wrap up, just kind of, I would love to hear more about your holistic program and then also what just general dating advice you would have for all my single listeners. Yeah. So another thing that I help clients with once they recognize their perfectionism is I help them get down to exactly what their limiting beliefs are about themselves. Then we work on self-acceptance because, like I said, there's sort of this metamorphosis that has to happen in between really thinking that you're a failure and you're not good enough to self-acceptance and then hopefully all the way to self-love, which is completely and totally life-changing. So you have to get to that point of self-value first. I know who I am. I like who I am. I love who I am. Even though I'm a flawed human being, I can see all of the things that make me unique and beautiful. And I'm no longer focused on 
what it is that I think is wrong with me or not right. So once we get past being focused on what's not right to loving ourselves and seeing our unique, beautiful capabilities, then we move on to the eight domains or the eight areas of my client's life. And we dig deep into what she values in every single domain. So once you have the self-value, we work on getting clear on what you value, not what society tells you to value, not what your parents tell you to value, not what the church tells you to value, what you actually value. And believe it or not, that's a very difficult thing to get to a lot of times, to peel back all the different layers to get to what my individual client really wants her life to look like. Then we put that all together and start taking action steps and set goals in alignment with those values to get my client to the life that she wants to lead. I love that. So dating advice, I would say work on your self-value. Work on really recognizing what you have to offer the world and what you have to offer someone else in the relationship. Not what's not 100% perfect, 100% right about you, but try to reframe how you look at what you once thought were your flaws and see them as what helps make you special and unique from the next woman and the next woman and the next woman. Hmm. I really like that. I feel like that will hopefully resonate with my listeners as well. Oh, I hope so. And I also, before I forget, I wanted to ask you too about. I know you kind of mentioned this about the black and white thinking and the rigid thinking and how that tied in with the labels. How does that tie into overcoming the limiting beliefs as well? Because those kind of seem like they might also play a big factor in just holding us back from our potential. It absolutely does. I'm glad that you asked that question. Our brains aren't fully developed until we're 25 years old. So I would imagine you have listeners, some listeners who are under 25 years old. We're very emotion-centered up until then. And there is a lot of black and white thinking, which means all or nothing. Something's good or it's bad. Something's black or it's white. It's nowhere in the middle. It's no shades of gray. It's extreme. And when we think like that, it's very easy to slap a label on something very quickly, make a decision about who another person is, put someone in a category immediately when you're dating. Also, putting yourself in a category, taking who you were in a previous relationship and say, well, I'm always too emotional or I'm too much. I'm always too much. Labeling yourself and holding tightly to that label and that sort of black and white thinking is also going to keep you from changing, from growing, and from understanding that you can be someone else in the next relationship. That's so true, especially because it's you can change the narrative that you're telling about yourself instead of just perpetuating that same storyline. Absolutely. If you can recognize and let go of those labels and the limiting beliefs, you can absolutely move forward in any way you choose. And there are so many applications to dating. Just the first thing that comes to mind is if you don't like the way that some guy responds to a text and then you're kind of automatically like, oh, I'm over him. But in like a less black and white world, you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll like, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, give him another chance. 
Yes, because along with the black and white thinking, especially with perfectionism, especially when you are in that other-oriented perfectionism where you think others expect you to be perfect or the socially prescribed when you are comparing yourself to others. And when you do that, it's very easy to have not only the all or nothing thinking, but to do mind reading. And mind reading is when you are basically trying to think what the other person is thinking. So you're out on a date sitting across from someone and you take an expression on their face, on his or her face and decide, oh my gosh, he or she doesn't like me. You're projecting that and reading that in a situation where it's probably not true. And think about how much easier it is to do that in a text than when you've got someone sitting in front of you. So you don't know if that person was running late to go somewhere, right? You don't know what was going on with that person when they sent that text that might look short or flippant or not paying you enough attention. You're going to read into it something that is not there. That's so true. Have you read the book Captivate? No. Tell me about it. It's Vanessa Van Edwards, I think. And there's a whole chapter Mm -hmm. on, she calls herself a recovering awkward person. And she has this whole chapter about, like, she'll just put pictures of every different facial expression and give all these like little nuances and how hard it is to tell a facial expression. Basically, there's so much nuance between like confusion and annoyance. She basically breaks it down and they're so subtle. It's just really easy to misread someone's face. So it kind of just goes to your point about how we kind of make these snapshot judgments on people when it's actually, we have blinders up. Yes. And let me turn that around for a second. And if you're a self-prescribed perfectionist and you are on a date and you're worried in your head, right, about whether you're doing everything right, you're worried about what you just said, you're worried about what you're going to say, you're completely up in your head, what sort of expressions do you think You're showing the person, the other person that you're on a date with, not what you're wanting to show, not what you're wanting them to see, that you're engaged, that you're listening, that you're enthralled in the conversation. You are projecting all sorts of miscommunication that the other person is not going to be able to read either. I've definitely fallen into that trap before. When I just get so in my head and I can't focus on the person because I'm just just consumed. But I have found the more I can focus on the other person and being really present in that moment. And then it kind of takes my mind off of myself because I can be like, oh, there's this person I'd focus on them. Yes, you're exactly right. I do the same thing. And my favorite thing to say to myself when that happens is get over yourself. <laughs> just get over yourself, Catherine. Get over yourself. Get out of <laughs> I always tell myself, put your big girl pants on. <laughs> like, <just> yes. doing this. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, it's always it's kind of just like snap out of it. And then I can kind of be like, oh, right. Duh. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, we're, we're good now. <laughs> well, Catherine, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find out more about you and also like follow you on social media? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I've had a great time. And you can find me at imperfectthriving.com. And when you hit on that homepage, you can sign up 
for the free progress over perfection workshop. It's just five bite-sized videos with a couple questions before and after each one. And if you don't know whether you're a perfectionist, at the beginning of the workshop, there's a quiz. So if you check yes to any of the boxes in the quiz, yes, you are a perfectionist and the workshop should be helpful for you. And then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Imperfect Thriving. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Okay, great. Thanks for having me. All right, now it's time for the dating hack of the week. And this week's hack is actually a homework assignment for you guys. If this episode resonated with you and you're interested in learning more, I would highly recommend and encourage you to check out Catherine's podcast, Imperfect Thriving. And also she walks through each of the domains, like beyond just uh, romantic relationships. She has ones on friendships and different values and all sorts of things that show up in our lives. So her whole thing is about striving to get that balance where we're working towards progress over perfection. And it's an ongoing, I guess, work in progress. So just notice all of these things. That's what I've been doing. Noticing a lot more, catching myself when I'm in these limiting self-belief cycles and then reframing it and then redirecting my thoughts. So with that, thank you for joining me on this perfectly imperfect, imperfect driving perfectionism episode. Thank you to Catherine for joining me. Thank you to StudioPod for editing and publishing my podcast. And thank you to everybody who listened. And I will see you guys next time.